Hey guys, it's Debbie Lee with America's Mighty Warriors, proud mother of Mark Allen Lee. Just wishing Talking Lead an amazing 300s on your podcast. Get it done! All right, all right, all right, lead heads. We are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. This is episode 303, continuing our 300th episode celebration. And we're doing that by bringing you lead heads, special guests, awesome giveaways, and of course, featuring special lead heads on these. I don't know how many episodes we're going to be doing, but uh, I haven't set a limit. There's no reason to put limits on yourself, right? So I want to go ahead and kick this episode off. I want to introduce to you our guest. And our first guest, you guys got a little exposure to him while we were in Utah covering the Charlie Melton world record long shot. Uh, It was brought to you by this gentleman. Uh, Without him and his services, we wouldn't be able to have uh, broadcast live. And I'm talking about none other than Guy Connor. Guy, welcome in. Thank you. Guy is with Fordham Tactical and Southwest Telephone Company, thus the uh, connection with uh, bringing the live broadcast from the Salt Flats. (laughs) We had some challenges out there, didn't we? Yeah, we had some emergency comms we had to set up. And you did a good job of coming through and setting those up, so thank you for doing that. And uh, as we were there, you guys probably saw... That 50 cal, that 50 Tejas that uh, we were playing around with, and uh, I got to shoot a few rounds through as well. And uh, there's a story behind that, and Guy has brought our very special guest today. I'm going to let him introduce her uh, to talk about that and her amazing foundation, America's Mighty Warriors. This is quite an honor. Bloodheads, please meet Debbie Lee. She's a founder of America's Mighty Warriors. Gold star mother, Debbie Lee, and let her tell you about America's Mighty Warriors. Debbie, welcome in. Yay. So we've been trying to get Debbie on for a while now, and we finally got our schedules to to mesh up. We were talking, and you and I actually met about five years ago. We put the the numbers together at uh, the Seal Legacy Foundation Gala there in Dallas. Um, Commander Mark McGinnis. Uh, I think right. he, he introduced us. So uh, It's been a while. It has been a while, but uh, thanks so much for having me on the show. And Guy, thank you for what you're doing to help support our foundation with, with the 50 Cal. And, uh, you know, I didn't have any choice the day that I was notified that my son was killed in action, but I did have a choice how it responded. And we put together America's Mighty Warriors in response to my son's amazing last letter home. And I would encourage all of your listeners to go to our website at americasmightywarriors.org and read that letter. I guarantee you will be challenged, you will be inspired, uh, you will be motivated. It talks about a lot of different things, but that's uh, why we started our foundation, to continue to support our troops and other families who lost a loved one in combat. And, and Debbie's referring to Mark Lee. Uh, you guys are very familiar with Mark Lee. I know our listeners are, but for those of you who are not, uh, Mark uh, Mark Allen Lee is United States Navy SEAL. He was the first SEAL to lose his life in Operation Iraqi Freedom. Uh, he was killed in a fierce firefight. And uh, due to that, and that's the letter that, that Debbie's referring to, um, is that something that we could read on uh, this show? 
Yeah, of course. I think yeah, I think instead awesome. of instead of let's just let's just read that letter to our to our listeners and I'll pull it up right now. What's the website? America's Mighty Warriors dot org. Uh huh. And just go under about Mark, and you can pull it up there. But yes, absolutely. Talk about talk about Mark while I'm while I'm pulling this up. Well, Mark was the youngest of my three children. Um, unfortunately, I went through a divorce at a very young age. I married um, when I was 18, had my first child at 20, the next one at 21 and a half, and the next one at 23, and was going through a divorce at 23. Their father was uh, very abusive and had tried to kill me. And um, so it was, a t- it was a tough life. And I found out two weeks after the divorce, I was pregnant with Mark. And so you know, there didn't look like there was going to be any light at the end of the tunnel. And, uh, you know, now I look back, I'm like, what the heck happened to the light? How did yeah. they grow up? And how can I be a grandma of 11 kids? But um, very blessed to have three children, um, counting Mark and, and 11 other grandchildren. But he was the joy of our life. He had a sense of humor that was was crazy. I remember when he was, you know, three or four years old, telling me knock-knock jokes that he would make up. <laughs> and, uh, He'd crack himself up laughing afterwards. And, of course, they usually weren't very funny. But you would <laughs> laugh so hard seeing him laugh. And um, that just continued through his life. He had a great sense of humor. Even his teammates said, you know, the night before, you know, the big mission, the day that he died, they knew it was going to be a very dangerous mission and very intense. And obviously at the appropriate times, you know, Mark would bring some humor in to try to lighten it up. And um, that's one of the things, you know, that he's known for is his humor a very selfless young man, obviously, you know, I'll share his story here in a little bit, but stood out in the direct line of fire three times that day and willingly gave his life to save his teammates. But that was how he lived his life, you know, all the time. If there was an underdog, he'd be there standing up for the underdog. He didn't care what anybody else thought of him. Or, you know, I remember dropping him off. He played soccer in high school and I homeschooled my kids, but he played uh, soccer with the high school and I drop him off with the bus school bus full of high school kids and you know he went over my window give me a big hug and a kiss he didn't care what anybody else thought but um very blessed you know to be his mom god could have picked anybody else and i got that privilege but uh you know the the day that he gave his life they were in you know iraq and if you remember back in 2006 that was where the majority of our casualties were coming from ramadi iraq where mark was and uh, it was 115, 120 degrees that day. I live in Phoenix. Once in a while, we see 115, 120. But I can guarantee none of us are in our body armor run and fighting a mission for two hours like they had done. The right. most intense battle in Iraq up to that point. And he carried the big gun. He carried the 50 cal. So he carried anywhere from 150 to 180 pounds in addition to his own weight. How you do that in that extreme temperature just those two factors alone is beyond me. Amazing. But for two yeah. hours, I, I can't comprehend. I'm the first gold star mom in history to be in the combat zone. I've been over to Iraq twice, went on patrol with the first of the fourth cav um, three different times. I wasn't being fired on when I was out there. I mean, we could have been, but nothing was happening. I got to thank see goodness. that. Kind of, yes, thank goodness. Um, I, I experienced the extreme temperatures. I wore the body armor, but I wasn't fighting for two hours carrying a big weapon. So I can't even begin to understand how they do that. But um, Mark was one of the main characters portrayed in the movie American Sniper. Um, he's portrayed as Chris's officer. That was the seal that is killed in combat. And they show a glimpse of that on the rooftop. You know, there were four seals that were up there. Mm-hmm. But the movie doesn't even begin to show how intense that firefight was. 
and Ryan Job had stood up um, and had been hit by a sniper. And right when he fell to the ground, two of the SEALs quickly dropped to the Ds. There were four of them up there. Mark could have made that very same choice. But his choice that day was to stand up in the direct line of fire again, hoping to lay down some suppressive fire. He had the big gun. Um, he knew he had some firepower there. But his hope was that they could get the medic up to the roof. And the medic got up there and he took one look at Ryan. And he said, we got to get him out of here immediately or there's no chance for survival. So not just once by himself, again, a second time, he stood up there to lay down that suppressive fire so they could get down off the roof. And they all successfully got down off of there. They sent Ryan off for medical attention and they climbed in their Bradleys and headed back to the base, which I'm proud to tell you was named Camp Mark Lee in his memory. And I did get to visit there in 2007 when I went over there. I brought back some of the soil from that place where his sign, you know, stood there saying Camp Mark Lee. But as they got back there, they began to rip off their gear with some water to refresh themselves. And, you know, later Chris Kyle told me that they thought Ryan had died. They thought there was no way that he could have survived his injuries. And so they're beginning to prepare themselves for that word that they could get. Actually, Ryan did survive. He survived for, for three more years and um, died from complications in a surgery. But at that wow. point, they didn't know that. Yeah. And the chief came in and said, we just found 30 of the insurgents that just attacked us. And without hesitation, Mark looked at his chief and he said, Roger that. Let's go get him. I've been over there. I know on the other side of Camp Mark Lee is a Marine base, a huge base. You know, they could have got word over there and said, hey, we've just been out in a tense battle. You know, we've got one that was wounded. You guys send some of your men out there. But that's not who these Navy SEALs are. And as they climbed in their Bradleys and headed back to that godforsaken place, um, they got out, cleared several houses, went in the last house Mark would be in. And they cleared the bottom of the house and they started up the steps and they heard Mark yell on me. And if you served, you know what he was saying? He was saying, I got the lead on this. You guys follow me. And as they went up those steps, they drew fire through a window. And for the last and final time again, Mark turned into the line of fire. He didn't duck below the wall. He didn't run from the fire. He stood up and defended his buddies. He saved his teammates. There were several of them that day that were saved because of Mark's heroic actions. And as I said before, I didn't have any choice the news that was given to me on August 2nd, but I did have a choice how I responded. And my choice was to put on Mark's boots and pick up his weapon and stay in the fight for every man and woman who served, stay in the fight for every one of our veterans who defend the freedoms that we enjoy every day. And I'm not firing bullets at anybody, yet as i say at times <laughs> but it is a fight i don't want to compare myself to what our men and women do in combat but it is a fight to make sure that they're taken care of it's a fight to make sure the va does what they're supposed to and that we provide those things that heal them and take care of them not just give them drugs that mask their symptoms it's a fight to be with those other gold star family members as they bury their loved ones and to walk alongside them in the grieving process but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is the mission that God has called me to, to be able to do this. And it's my honor to be able to do that for those who serve and for the other families of the fallen. It's a, an absolutely amazing organization that you started with uh, America's Mighty Warriors. 
you know, we were talking about the 50 cal that he was um, uh, assigned, and you did a you had one specially made for an auction that's coming up. And that's, that's right. That's what we were talking about with Guy and uh, Guy, along with uh, our good buddy Brad Starr, uh, with his company. Uh, what's he calling his company now? <laughs> <laughs> performance guns. Perform okay, I was gonna say Tejas rifles, but it's performance guns. Um, put together that beautiful fifty Tejas that we were showing uh, during the Utah shoot. Uh, talk a little bit about that that Tejas guy. Basically, when we first start, when we talked to Debbie about building the fifty, uh, building a you know a gun for auction, we went back to a to an you know an Armalite AR you know, AR 50 a one, which is what Mark was carrying in the field at that time. It's a single action, you know, AR 50, uh, AR 50 weighs about 48 pounds. And then Brad, Brad and I, and, and Justin Sue, my business partner in the, in Fordham tactical and Southwest telecom came up with the ideas of let's try to emulate, let, let's look at, you know, his camo he wore and, and really dialing this, dialing the, the rifle in in a personalized aspect of it for Mark Lee. Um, with that said, then Brad, Brad and Charlie are going to shoot the AR-50, 6,000 yards, make a shot with it, and we'll auction that off at uh, um, Shot Show in January of next of 2020. Uh, the the AR-50 though, he built it in a Tejas round, so that's a 750 grain bullet that's coming out at about 3,800 feet per second. <laughs> it's a big Gives sucker. You another, yeah. It's a yeah, it's a beast. But it gives you another 300 feet per second, or another 300 feet per second over, uh, you say, a match grade AR, uh, you know, 50 caliber. Yeah, and we so, can firsthand. We were shooting, uh, so he didn't have the Tejas rounds when we were there in Utah. He had just the regular 50 rounds that you were talking about, and we were trying to hit the 4,000 yard mark, and they were just dropping. <laughs> Like I don't know, yeah, how, that was several hundred yards short um, of that. But with the Tejas round, it gives it an extra oomph where it'll uh, it'll really reach out there several more thousand yards. Yeah, puts a little anger behind it. So it <laughs> it will definitely push it out another thousand yards. We were using ball ammunition. We were forming. We we're actually forming brass at that time. Yeah. If we were using, you know, if we were if we were using match grade ammo, we would have been hitting it four thousand. It's not a problem. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, it was because of the ammo that we were using is is why it was yeah. doing that. Yeah. But uh, so that's awesome. So uh, I want our listeners to get involved with this auction because I know some of them are probably going to want to take part um, in this in the auction and, and get on. Is it something that that's going to start before shot or is it does that when it starts and that's when you're going to do everything? Can people do you it can online? register? For, you, can, you can register currently at, for the auction now at uh, SWTEL.com forward slash AMW. And there's a there's a button there that says be an everyday patriot. And also if you're if you're a business and you want to flip flip over your phone systems, you can set you can flip over to Southwest Telephone. We'll get 15% of your gross bill monthly back to America's Mighty Warriors and send you the receipt at the end of the year. Oh wow. So uh that's awesome. I didn't, oh, know, absolutely. I didn't know you were doing that too. American Mighty Warriors is our charity. That's what we love, that's what we live for. Well, and I think it's kind of cool. Um, his business partner, Justin Sue. He and Mark were good friends growing up. Oh, okay. So it's awesome to come back, you know, full circle here and the connection that they had. You know, I remember Justin when he, you know, was seven years old at Mark's birthday party in our house and and growing up with them. So it's it's exciting. Drinking Kool Aid and eating cake. 
Yes, we're spilling it all over the floor, rubbing it on each other, or whatever they were doing. Right. (laughs) And you know, for Southwest Tell to be able to do that for us as a foundation is awesome. Anybody that has a foundation will will let you know. The fundraising requires so much time, and that's you know such a crucial part of it. So when we've got you know Southwest Tell and Guy and Justin coming alongside and saying here's what we're going to do. We'll send you the check. You know, that frees me up then to be able to work with our veterans that are going through our Helping Heroes Heal program that, you know, the ones with traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress that we can provide healing to the brain, not just masking their symptoms. You know, being able to be like last week, we did a retreat in Eastern Texas and we had 118 Gold Star family members that were there from 26, you know, fallen heroes families. And so that frees me up to do that. So that's huge. And this is a simple way that people, when they switch their long distance service or their telephone service to them, then, you know, they know they're participating every single month. They're helping us fulfill our mission to be able to change the world for our veterans and Gold Star families. That's amazing. Now, where where do you offer your service? Where does the Southwest Telephone Company operate? Uh, 49 countries. Okay. So... Primarily within the United States, but we, we work just about anywhere. Anywhere where Microsoft is, we are. So we ride on a we ride on a network uh, that is basically built for SATCOM and has been rolled out into the Fortune 500s, and now we're bringing it into the small to medium businesses. I got you. So so yeah. I couldn't get my cell phone service through you. No, but I can refer you to somebody. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, and I mean, if I can drop Verizon and you know sign up with you guys and get my service through you guys and help uh, contribute to America's Mighty Warriors, and yeah, work on that guy. See? I'm going to definitely work on it. We're we are we are a business to business provider. We're not a consumer provider. But okay, we might that's be what able I'm to trying to get to. Together, here. something like that. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I know so a lot it, of our listeners are like, yeah, I'll switch over. Who you know? How do I do it? But it's business to business. There's a there's a there's a few out there that do this. They don't uh, do it in the consumer arena, but most of those are taking care of uh, very liberal charities. Gotcha. Uh, hey Debbie, I really wanted to get back and, and touch base on what you're doing when it comes to healing traumatic brain injury and some of the successes you've seen. And this Man. is a big goal. Is what Justin and I are, are are really trying to raise money behind. And uh, and we're going to talk about that as soon as we take care of some jack wagons. Because I hear that jack wagon train rolling in. So, Gunny, bring that train in. <laughs> Absolutely. Here, uh, Simplified, you and I hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week. So, brace yourself, baby. <laughs> All right. So, the train has stationed, and we've got some jack wagons that we want to take care of. And we, we touched on part of this um, in last episode, and we're going to let. Debbie talk more about it because she's got more firsthand experience um, with the the players involved. But it's the uh, the seal Eddie Gallagher, and a lot of you leadheads are familiar with his story, how he's been in prison and unjustly treated, um, and his wife who has really been putting up a huge fight to make sure that he is uh, getting the um, the justice, the 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 fair treatment that he deserves. Um, and he just recently got released. He got free from from jail, and I think the prosecutor uh, has been fired. And uh, uh, we were we were more on 
Mrs. Gallagher's side on that with our, our you know, our, our heroes, our patriots. Uh, we didn't really talk about the other side of that. And uh, Debbie, you've probably, like I said, you got probably a little more firsthand knowledge on this whole situation than any of us. Could you talk about that? You bet. I just think it's a, an atrocity what's happened to Eddie. And um, every time I'm in San Diego, when Eddie was still uh, locked up, I would, would go visit him and encourage him. Eddie actually was in Mark's Bud's class. And so there's a special connection there as well. Yeah. But it just, it breaks my heart. And I, it makes no sense at all. I don't understand how we can um, take our men and women who serve. You know, obviously our SEALs are trained at the highest level. Train them to go kill the bad guys. Equip them to go kill the bad guys. And then when they do that, we bring them up on charges. And what Eddie's being accused of anyway isn't anything he did. But even if he would have done that. This was a terrorist. It was a 17-year-old um, terrorist that was working with them. They had killed a bunch of them, and it was the um, the Iraqis that had uh, dropped bombs on these uh, terrorists and killed a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. The 17-year-old terrorist was the only one that survived. Eddie actually gave him medical aid to try to save his life when they brought him in. Eddie's a medic. And... Um, so then for him to come back, there was a circumstance with uh, some of the younger guys on the platoon. Eddie was a chief. Um, they had gotten some trouble, and Eddie had, you know, laid down, damp, uh, laid down the hammer on him, which is what a chief is supposed to do. And they wanted some revenge for that. And so, you know, they, they made up these stories, and... Uh, we're hoping, I think the intent of it was just they were hoping he'd get in a little trouble, what kind of backfired on him. And then um, it, it just has totally gotten completely out of hand. But yeah. what NCIS. They started going down that road and they couldn't backpedal. Yeah. yeah. But what NCIS has done in this investigation is just appalling. Um, the lies that have been told, um, as you said, the lead prosecutor was just let go from the case. Mm-hmm. They've done things um, attached to him because I'm not into technology. Um, they've attached something to the malware and e- emails to break in that they sent to the defense team to find out who they were speaking to, what their connections were. And it's just like they basically okay, tapped into their emails. Yeah. It bugged yeah. Illegally. And that's, you know, part of why the prosecutor got, um, you know, relieved of his, his role in this. But, when you know Eddie was going through some treatments at a facility, they came and arrested him on 9/11. I mean, there's so many things that are just like, can you put a bigger jab in here? You know, he served, you know, was uh, received numerous awards for what he's done. And then on 9/11, and then you go into your his home where his you know 18 year old and I don't remember the other one's younger. I, I want to say six year old and they arrest took them out of the house in their underwear, you know, and did Ridiculous. a search and yeah. they found these you know, like one cartridge or something from a bullet that he, you know, had accidentally brought home. And it's just, they've just tried anything, everything to take this hero down. And how does that happen in America when we're supposed to be, proven innocent you know we're innocent till we're proven guilty well, absolutely what kind of message does this send to our our young men and women who are considering joining the military you know and and wanting to 
to to serve that that type of life and when they see that how they're being treated by their own government um i mean who's who's going to want to go want to go through that you know if i'm going to go over there they train me to do this and then they're going to punish me for it yeah it was interesting i um was it at eddie's first uh I don't know, Article 32, I think is what it's called, hearing. And we were treated like we were terrorists almost. They had done dry runs the day before uh, with snipers on the roof because they were afraid that, you know, we were going to sneak in and rescue Eddie. And I'm just like, who do you people think we are? <laughs> watching and, too many John Wick movies, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We were not allowed to go into the courtroom. Um, they knew there were going to be a lot of us standing there for Eddie and conveniently the larger courtroom, they couldn't get us in. So we finally about 11 o'clock in the, after they'd been in there for two hours, you know, one at a time allowed to go in for a few minutes. And I mean, it just is one thing after another. And so I'm really excited. Uh, President Trump did step in. I want to say probably about five weeks ago and Eddie was um, moved from the brig into uh, at Balboa Hospital where they keep the medical hold patients in a locked room. He still couldn't go in or out without an escort, but at least he wasn't in at the brig anymore. And then, as you said, just last week, then he was relieved, you know, where he didn't have to be in there anymore. So, but again, this has gone on since 9-11, you know, that he's been away from his family. They've had to raise close to a million dollars to pay legal oh my fees. Gosh. You know, it's just absurd. It is just, and the the toll, even if they drop all the charges and he's released, the toll that it's taken on him and his family is just unreal. When we have a, you know, highly decorated hero who served for 19 years for us and to be treated this way by the government is unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Appalling. And that's why they have made the talking lead jack wagon train. So. Yeah, well, we need to take that train and run over a few people. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, hopefully, we've got them secure on that train, and the gunny's going to haul them off to where they can't come back. Although, yes. although some people do, they escape. They, you know, they make a reoccurrence. But uh, you know, we catch them again, just like this one. Uh, she's been on here many times, and she's she squirms her way off the train somehow, some way. It's Hillary Clinton, and <laughs> this. This one comes to us from our, our leadhead, Pierce Taylor, who was on the show last week with us. So thank you, Pierce, for sending this in. Hillary Clinton to serve as keynote speaker at a cyber defense summit. What? How ironic is that? <laughs> you know, we do hire um, hackers in our government to try to expose the weak links. And since she's, you know, done all this from the underside, then I guess she's going to tell everybody else how to be able to get away with all the you know, things you're not supposed to do on your BlackBerry or your email or, you know, how you can bleach your computer or beat it up if, you know, if somebody catches you doing these things wrong. But she's sure not about securing our cybersecurity, is she? No, she she knows nothing about how to um, secure your, you know, defense, the defense side of that. She's the complete opposite of that. Um, let's see. I'm not going to read this article, but it's just ironic that uh, she is – a keynote speaker at a cyber defense summit. And unless she's the comic relief. I mean, I don't know. But hey, there you go. There you go. That would definitely be, I don't know about relief, but it would be comical. It would be comical. Yeah. There'd be no relief in sight, but, uh, 
I mean, just talk about another person who's done some atrocities to our, our military men and women. Uh, she, she deserves to be drug underneath that train, too. So yeah, welcome back to the train. Yeah. yeah. What she did to our, our guys in Benghazi was just sickening. It's unspeakable. Sickening. Horrific. All right. So, Guy, you've got one. We were talking earlier. You want well, to throw? My deals are comp- <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's still an atrocity what they're doing. Um, let's talk about it. Throw, throw them on there. Yeah, I'd like to throw the Nevada state legislature on that under the train. They passed. They're passed the bill that is up for signature at, with uh, Governor Sisolak, who most likely will will, will sign it. It's AB two ninety one, and it creates a series of either red flag laws, imposes mandatory storage requirements that are impossible to, to, to maintain, and they criminalize and they criminalize certain firearm um, modifications from triggers on up, and it's very ambiguously written. So I'd definitely like to throw them under the train, but they do pale in comparison to the first two, especially Eddie Gallagher. Now, is this on? Is this on up for vote, or has this already been passed in in effect in law? It's a, it's been passed, and it's sitting on Sisolak's desk right now to be signed to the governor, and he's a he's he's most likely going to sign it. And this is in the so we'll have to Right? How's that going to affect Shot Show? You know, I don't think it's going to affect Shot Show. But it's a, it will sure affect us the way we it will affect the way we carry our weapons around around Shot Show. So how does Shot Show, knowing that this kind of legislation is going on in Nevada, how do they even consider going back to to Nevada? Well, I think it's to have Shot Show. You know, usually usually conventions are booked out anywhere between two to five years in advance. So yeah, um, you know, the, our only hope is maybe the NRA will finally step up and they'll they'll throw a lawsuit. They'll they'll uh, They'll sue and drive this right to the Supreme Court. It'll get thrown out. These are unenforceable laws. It's it's ridiculous laws is what it is. And speaking of ridiculous laws, uh, in on the tales of the the Virginia massacre that recently occurred, uh, the Virginia governor is calling for special session to take up gun control measures because of this. So again, another knee jerk reaction politician. Uh, trying to politicize a tragedy yeah yes again jumping on the the coattails of a tragedy to to try to push their agenda it's again that is sickening as well uh i don't have the details on what all he's he's talking about here but uh we talked in the last episode there was a suppressor that was used yeah on the the 45 he had had two magazine yeah i think he had two 45s one of the 45s he had a suppressor on um, and as we all know, and people who sh- have shot suppressors, you know, it doesn't do a whole lot to to silence a gun. They're, they're silencers. They're not suppressors. Um, I mean, they don't silence a gun completely. They they make them a little bit quieter, but it's still as loud as a you know honking your horn or you know a police siren. Or oh something. yeah, it's it's still well, that it just loud. Just brings a decimal. Just brings a decibel level down, so you, you don't need ear protection, and it saves your ears. And, in some cases, uh-huh. right? You know, yeah, but I guarantee cases. you that. And Trump made a statement uh, on the heels of this. Also, he was asked about what he thought about suppressors, and I think he said something to the effect of, uh, "I don't care for them, or I'm against them, or something like that." Uh, and then just went on, didn't clarify or anything else. So hopefully, there's going to be more come out about that, and. 
um, his statement, and hopefully he's not going to pull another bump stock uh, fiasco. Yeah, that's that. That's very disheartening to hear that Trump would say something like that. Yeah, you know, and especially I mean, we know that Junior is all about his firearms. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think he was. Uh, I think I heard he just visited the Silencer Co's factory or something uh, recently. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't know if that's a rumor or not. I heard something about that, but uh, yeah, he's he's a he's definitely a firearms enthusiast and a hunter. Yeah. So, so so these these politicians again that are, that take advantage of these tragedies are are national tragedies to try to push ridiculous uh, exorbitant amount of gun restrictions gun laws down our throats that don't that we don't need it's ridiculous they look for they look for any excuse to create a funnel to, to slowly chip away at our rights to make it impo- to the point where eventually you end up like California where everything is registered, nothing is illegal, and you can't buy 80% of the firearms we can buy. Well, it sounds like Nevada's headed that way, too. Yeah, California put so much money into into our elections. I mean, it was almost four to one the Democrats spent. They only won by a very small margin. I won't get into what my theory is behind that, but that really that really pushed us over the edge. We're a small state, so we don't, we don't get the attention or, say, the financial attention that other states – receive within i say within the conservative movements mm-hmm. but unfortunately they've kind of taken over i think there's a there's definitely some opportunities here where where we can sue uh and stop these laws well you but have to take, i mean you've got to put up some yeah. sort of resistance you just can't let it you know happen un, unopposed yeah. and, you know, we, we all know that the tool that's used by these wackadoodles isn't the issue the issue is their heart you know, and it doesn't matter. You could outlaw everything and, you know, they'll get a fork and stab you to death with it. Or, you know, it that's that's not the issue. Those, you know, as we all know, it's not the guns that are the issue. You know, it's it's the people. Yeah. The issue of the heart. Yeah. The, the heart and the, the mind. The heart and the mind. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So that does it for the jack wagon train. Going to get that train out of here. Make sure you try to uh, keep old Hillary on there this time. So that brings us to our new our new segment, Debbie. I was telling you a little bit about it uh, beforehand. And uh, here are the names that we've got to vote on. I'm going to run them by you and see what you think. So the way that we do it, of course, we've got the Talking Lead Jack Wagon Train. So that's our, our device, our vehicle. And then what we call those people are Jack Wagons. So it's kind of a two-part thing. So first off, what we want to call them. Number one is a celebrity, kind of like a celebrity, but a celebrity using lead, talking lead. Lefties heroes, honorable lead heads, talking lead valor valor award, lead head ting award, T-I-N-G, and that's for those making a positive impact. So you know like a bullet makes on a steel target is team. Right, yeah, got it. Making a positive okay. So the the vehicles that that uh, are up for vote. Lead Force One, like Air Air Force One, Lead Force One, the Liberty Limo for our celebrities, <laughs> <laughs> the Manifest Destiny Wagon, Talking Lead Hall of Heroes, the Wall of Leadness. 
like the wall of greatness, but it's the wall of leadness. Solid, strong people. Right. What do you think? Wow, those are some good ones in there. Uh, I think I like Lead Force One. You dig in the Lead Force One for the vehicle? I think I like Lead Force One, yeah. Okay. What about what, about what we call them? What do we call that? The... Like the talking with the like jack wagon train, um, jack wagons. Do we call them celebrities? Do we call them lefties heroes? Honorable leadheads? Do we just make it the talking lead valor award, or do we make it the leadhead ting award? Yeah, I like the valor award too. Okay, so talking lead yeah. valor award recipients get to take a ride on Lead Force One. Yeah, there you go. Okay, perfect. There you go. So you're awesome. So Debbie's voting 4A. 4A. We'll make sure we count that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so our nominee. No, actually, you're gonna be the recipient. The recipient of this episode's Talking Lead Valor Award and who gets a ride on the Lead Force One is Debbie Lee. For all yes. your amazing work. Yes, all your amazing work with your foundation. How many years you've been doing this now? Officially, the foundation started in 2008, but seven weeks yeah. after Mark died, um, he lost another teammate from his sister platoon, Mike Monsoor. Uh, he w- is a Medal of Honor recipient. There was a grenade that was lopped up on the rooftop to them, and he could have run. He could have got away, but he fell on the grenade to save his buddies, and that was the first family that we supported seven weeks after Mark died. And um, I did it on my, my own dime did the random acts of kindness that Mark talks about in his amazing uh, last letter home. I would, you know, he said, when's the last time you paid for a stranger's cup of coffee or meal or tank of gas. So I would do those things whenever I saw veterans or gold star families, but um, officially the foundation started in 2008. So 11 years. And this is what I do full time. I mean, a typical week for me is about 80 hours a week. Um, There isn't anything I wouldn't do for our men and women who defend the freedoms that we enjoy every day and for the other families who've lost a loved one. And it is, um, it's an honor. It's, it's a blessing to be able to do that. And it is so rewarding to see the difference Mark is still making around the world in such an amazing way. I do not exaggerate when I say millions and millions of lives have been changed by that kid. August 2nd will be 13 years that, you know, he was redeployed to heaven Mm. and uh, to see that impact is pretty stinking exciting and and that's largely due to you and your efforts with the organization so thank you for doing that and i think it would be great if you would read the letter now you bet so this letter was actually written um to us it came via email about two and a half weeks before uh, mark was killed it went to probably there was about 12 of us on that email thread you know close family and friends and uh we call this Mark's glory letter, because that's how it starts out. Um, And, you know, after he lost his life, it became even more significant to us. Glory is something that some men chase and others find themselves stumbling upon, not expecting it to find them. Either way, it is a noble gesture that one finds bestowed upon them. My question is, when does glory fade away and become a wrongful crusade or an unjustified means by which consumes one completely? I've seen war. I've seen death. The sorrow that encompasses your entire being as a man breathes his last. I can only pray and hope that none of you will ever have to experience some of the things I've seen and felt here. 
I have felt fear, and I felt adrenaline pump through my veins, making me seem invincible. I will be honest and say that some of the things I've seen here are unjustified and uncalled for. However, for the most part, we are helping this country. It will take more years than most expect, but we will get Iraq to stand on its own feet. Most of what I've seen here, I will never really mention or speak of, only due to the nature of those involved. I've seen a man give his food to a hungry child and family. Today, I saw a hospital that most of us would refuse to receive treatment from. The filth and smell would allow most of us not to be able to stand to enter, let alone get medicine from. However, you will be relieved to know that coalition forces have started to provide security for and supply medicine and equipment to help aid in the cause. I've seen amazing things happen here. However, I've seen the sad part of war too. I've seen the morals of a man who cares nothing of human life. I've seen hate towards a nation's people who has never committed a wrong, except being born of a third world, ill-educated and ignorant to Western civilization. It is not everybody who feels this way, only a select few, but it brings questions to mind. Is it okay for one to consider themselves superior to another race? Surprisingly, we're not a stranger to this sort of attitude, meaning that in our own country, we discriminate against someone for what nationality they are, their education level, their social status. We distinguish our role models as multi-million dollar sports heroes or talented actors and actresses who complain about not getting millions of dollars more than they are currently getting paid. Our country is a great country don't get me wrong on this, otherwise none of us would be living there. My point of this is how can we come over here and help a less than fortunate country without holding contempt or hate towards them if we can't do it in our own country? I try to do my part over here, but the truth is over there, the United States, I do nothing but take. Ask yourself, when was the last time you donated clothes that you hadn't worn out? When was the last time you paid for a random stranger's cup of coffee, a meal, or maybe even a tank of gas? When was the last time you helped a person with their groceries into or out of their car? Think to yourself and wonder what it would feel like if when the bill for the meal came and you were told it was already paid for. More random acts of kindness like this would change our country and our reputation as a country. It is not unknown to most of us that the rest of the world looks at us with doubt towards our humanity and morals. I'm not here to preach or say, look at me, because I am just as at fault as the next person. I find that being here makes me realize the great country we have and the obligation we have to keep it that way. The fourth has just come and gone, and I received many emails thanking me for helping keep America great and free. I take no credit for the career path I have chosen. I can only give it to those of you who are reading this because each one of you has contributed to me and who I am. However, what I do over here is only a small percent of what keeps our country great. I think the truth to our greatness is each other. Purity, morals, and kindness passed down to each generation through example. So to all my family and friends, do me a favor. Pass on the kindness, the love, the precious gift of human life to each other 
so that when your children come into contact with the great conflict that we are now faced with here in Iraq, that they are people of humanity, of pure motives, of compassion. This is our real part to keep America free. Happy Fourth. Love ya. Mark Lee. P.S. Halfway through the deployment. Can't wait to see all your faces. And I think of wow. that letter. Wow. And obviously, when I get to the end, you know, I can't see Mark's face right now. I can see his reflection and what he's doing around the world. But we're all still here. There is something each one of us are supposed to be doing. We have a mission, what we're supposed to be doing. Not everybody's going to change the world like Mark did. But we all have something in our corner of our world that we can do to impact the world. Exactly. And, man, he says it better than anything right there. More random acts of kindness. You know, just mm -hmm. helping somebody with their groceries. Giving somebody, yeah. you know, a tank of gas. Paying for a meal. Just little things like that. Yeah. You know, it, it can make, and, it's the butterfly effect, you know. Yes. And that's one of the ways that, um, you know, people often have said to me, you just need to get over it. I'm like, okay, well, this kid grew in my womb. You know, I, I nursed him at my breast. How do I just get over this? You don't. Yeah, you need to tell us um, people. To... Yeah. <laughs> I, I've learned ways to cope. I've learned ways to manage. And one of the ways that I do that on his birthday and the anniversary of his passing is I purpose to go out and do random acts of kindness. I mean, that's one of our four programs through the foundation that we do regularly. But on those days, I'll go to a military base and, you know, we'll have 30, 40 of our veterans that I'll go pay for their coffee, their meal, their tank of gas, just like Mark says. And it is so cool to see their response. And lots of times they're like, no, 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 ma'am. That's okay. Thank you. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. My son was the first Navy SEAL that was killed in Iraq. And he wrote this amazing letter and he challenges me to do this. So I'm accepting mm -hmm. his challenge that they're like oh yes ma'am thank you very much <laughs> i think you should when you go out and do that you should call it a uh, random act of markliness markliness there you go <laughs> there you go but, you know and like i said that was the first program that we started we do those small things but we go up to a five thousand dollar grant typically those are a little more crisis situations so um you have to nominate somebody for that. The veteran themselves come ask because unfortunately we have found quite a few veterans that are just going from charity to charity to see what they can take mm. um, and have that entitlement attitude. I'm sorry, you know, and I've seen Gold Star families the same way. Nobody owes me anything as the mother of fallen hero. They owe my son the respect that he deserves for sacrificing his life. I autograph the books that I'm uh, author in live your life worthy of their sacrifice and that's what's owed but when people start having that attitude of because i served or because you know my loved one gave their life you owe me something yeah. obviously one of the other programs that we have we do a lot for gold star families we do retreats we have uh, two houses called hero hope homes where those families can come stay for free we pay for their airfare their rental car and we love and pamper on them why we're why they're here we do that because obviously, personally, I know the pain and we want to honor them and let them know we'll never forget their hero and we won't ever forget them. But with our random acts of kindness, then if you nominate somebody, that helps us vet them and know that they're not that kind of a person that's going to have that attitude. 
and then we'll do you know up to a five thousand dollar grant to help That's them cool. so you actually have a program called random acts of kindness we do oh, yes okay. we do Oh, I was just, I was like, you should call it the random acts of Mark Leanness. <laughs> like that, yeah. <laughs> um, we do our, our Gold Star program, which includes the retreats that we do. It includes the Heroes Hope Homes. Uh, we do a big dinner after the Army-Navy game every year for Gold Star families. We do different dinners and sporting events, concerts, different things, you know, around the country uh, for them. And then we do um, the Helping Heroes Heal program, and that was the one that, uh, guy, you had mentioned earlier that this 50 cal is going to help raise the funds for. Uh, unfortunately, there's so much that's sacrificed that our veterans do. And after multiple back-to-back combat deployments, they will never come back and be that same person that they were before they went over. There are things that we can do to help them. I feel it's another atrocity with the VA. There's another one you can use for your bandwagon one is the neglect. For our men and women, I feel like they go in there um, and I'll share a video with you that I just got yesterday. That's very tastefully done exposing some of those problems, but they go in and it's like, here's your gallon size baggie of drugs, go home, take all these pills and go away. Don't bother us. And I feel like that's a lot of the men- mentality. Yeah. And oh, by the way, two thirds of the side effects of those drugs we're giving our veterans have a side effect that says may cause suicidal tendency. Why on earth? Would we give those kind of drugs to our veterans who are depressed anyway? Makes yeah. no sense. But we are paying for hyperbaric oxygen therapy, hormone and vitamin therapy, natural things that are actually healing their brains. I can show you spec scans from veterans before and after that you see the physical changes that are taking place in their brain. Uh, we've been part of that fight I talk about. I've had phone calls with the secretary of the VA trying to make the standard of care for our veterans. We actually could save a lot of money as a nation if we would do these things that are healing them versus the continual prescription drugs. But, you know, again, the yeah. drug companies get involved with that. But it's it's not cheap. You know, the average cost for each veteran that goes through is $13,000. We have been able to partner with some organizations and get a few things, you know, donated so we don't always have to pay all that. But if we do, that's the cost. Just this last month in May, and we do all branches of the military, but uh, we've had quite a few SEALs go through the program. I've had three letters and one phone call from four different SEALs that said, I would not be alive today if it wasn't for you and your foundation. And so when we're doing things that um, give them the ability to be them again, uh, one of the SEALs, first SEALs that went through, um, I was asking him, you know, what things you're seeing different you know they start sleeping again a lot mm-hmm. of our guys are sleeping three hours a night they've been doing this for four or five ten years yeah i'm sorry that you would not want to be around me if i had two nights in a row where i only slept three hours i can't you know think well i don't process well then i get agitated and so if we can restore their sleep back to them a lot of them are struggling with headaches from the tbis and the um, if we, again, can get rid of those headaches, which is what the HBOT is doing, if we can improve their memory. But the one SEAL said, Mama Lee, the best way that I can tell you is you made me a SEAL again. And to know that he felt like who he was had been totally stripped away from him. Um, and a lot of that motivation was gone. I was like, bam, there's no better compliment you know, mm-hmm. than that. This is what this has done for me. So... Um, we've 
last year we treated 24 uh, veterans through our program. This year we budgeted for 34 and we're already at that. We've treated 34 veterans already this year. So we're really oh, wow. pushing hard to funding. I don't want to ever have to tell another veteran, I'm sorry, we're out of funding, come back next year. Because, you know, that's six months. In that six months, he could decide, I can't cope anymore, and, and you know, it takes his life. Yeah. And so this is, this is crucial. This is so important. We actually have an event that's focusing on this June 22nd in Napa Valley. We have um, Navy SEAL Dan Crenshaw is going to be our keynote speaker. Uh, Derek Van Ord, that was uh, one of the SEALs that played in Active Valor, will be there. Uh, we've got some other SEALs that have gone through our program that will be sharing the impact. Actually, the one that I just referred to, he made me an operate a SEAL again. Um, he'll be there speaking. It's in beautiful nice. wine country, you know, so it's going to be a great event. We'll have so how do they find information on this? Is it on your website? It's on our website. Go to americasmightywarriors.org, and that pop-up right before the even get to the page is for that event. So you can click on that. And you can purchase your tickets there. If you can't go uh, and want to sponsor a ticket to send a veteran or Gold Star family, you can do that as well. You would just put that in the note. Very cool. Uh, and you guys, it's media and events. You can click on that too if you missed the, the little quick link um, to find Correct. that. Now, you guys also have social meds. Uh, you're on Facebook, Instagram, all those. How can people find you, find you and follow you there? We are on uh, Twitter. You can find us at America's Mighty. The whole name is too long to get in there. Uh, the Instagram is, I think, Instagram is America's Mighty Warriors. Let's see. Uh, you, can find us on Facebook. you can find us on Facebook under America's Mighty Warriors. I'm on, on as Debbie Lee, but you can only have... 5,000 friends in Facebook and I have 5,000 friends. So you need to start a business page. I know I I do need to start that other one where they just follow you. But, you know, I'm always, I'm one of those people that's like, it's not about me. You know, (laughs) it's, it's about Mark. It's about our veterans, but I get it. If they can't reach me, then they can't find that other stuff out. So. So it is at America's Mighty Warriors on Instagram and then Facebook. America's Mighty Warriors. And that is all one. America's Mighty Warriors will get you there, guys. Very good. And I just followed. I'm already following you on Facebook. I got you, got you on Instagram. So we are awesome. following you now. Very good. Great. Yeah, and I would encourage all your listeners to do that. You know, Facebook is probably one of the ways that we get out uh, most of, of what we're doing or, you know, the, the events that we've done. That seems to be a good platform. I know there's issues with Facebook and somebody conservative needs to find a, a better platform for that. But for now, that's that's what we're using there. Um, and then our last, our fourth program that we have is advocacy and education. So if there's an injustice against the troops, we'll try to step in and make that right. Whether it's corporation or government, you'll find me on the halls of Congress. Uh, like lots fighting for their benefits, rules of engagement, anything that pertains, you know, to our veterans or families of the fallen. Very cool. Now you'd mentioned earlier that you, you wrote a book. I'm a contributing author in four different books. Okay. Talk about uh, one, that. Of them, one of them stories from Iraq and Afghanistan. That one's 365 daily stories 
written by men and women who have either been in Iraq, Afghanistan, were in the Pentagon on 9-11. I have five in there. As I mentioned, I'm the first Gold Star mom in history to be in the combat zone where my son was killed. Mark's last letter home is on two days of that book as well. Uh, The other one is uh, Raising an American Patriot, and that every chapter is a different author. Courage is, is my theme, and the chapter in that book is Courage. It talks a lot about raising my kids as a single mom. Mark's stories in there, you know, what I did to instill patriotism into his life and my other kids' lives. And then um, 10 Secrets of Overcomers, same thing. Every chapter is a different author. That takes 10 people who went through tragedy and how they overcame. So that tells Mark's story and then what we've done since then. So two different pieces of Mark's life there. And then another book, Victory in Iraq, that's written by Duncan Hunter, um, documents my first trip to Iraq, tells Mark's story in there. There's pictures of me in my combat gear, pictures of Mark and I together. And that just documents up to 2010. Um, when we were successful, if we would have left troops there, we wouldn't be back there fighting them today. Right. But documents all the different troop movement, who went where, who did what, whatever branch of the military it yeah. was, and some great stories in there as well. And can and they then, get these books at Amazon? They can get them on our website. Oh, if on your you website. Okay, nice. At our website, then... The proceeds from that go back to support our programs rather than to support, you know, nice. a company. Sure. But um, there's lots of other books in there. Mark was part of Task Unit Bruiser, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners um, are familiar with Jocko Willink. Jocko was their Task Unit Commander. Um, he and Leif Babin, which was the lieutenant that was with Mark um, and one of those that he saved that day, uh, they both started are out now and have a company called echelon front a amazing leadership company and their books are all on our website as well who knew that jocko one of the toughest warriors we have in america would also write kids books so there's <laughs> leadership books there's way of the warrior kid he's just a big and, teddy bear <laughs> yeah well you wouldn't think so but uh, i've cried no. more tears on mark's grave with jocko than even my own family members so very compassionate man as well but um all of their books are on there. The uh, Way of the Warrior Kid, the main character is Mark. And there's some similarities. He's raised by a single mom, no doubt, in the picture. Um, but it's not Mark's you know, story when he was growing up. Jocko said, I just want to honor Mark by making him the main character. And uh, he also has a book called Mikey and the Dragon that deals for kids dealing with fear. You know, this little boy sees dragons when he opens his closet or under his bed everywhere. And, and that book is even rhymes like a Dr. Seuss book. It's crazy how well written these books are and the lessons that are learned from these kids. But um, amazing, amazing group of men from Task Unit Bruiser. Do you have those on your website also? They're on our website. We've got lots of T-shirts. We've got Mark's Challenge Coin, Memorial Bracelets, cool. uh, all kinds of stuff. There's lots of great merchandise on there that helps support you know, our foundation as well. There you go, guys. Make sure you go check out the website. It's America's Mighty Warriors. Warriors, plural, because we have lots of those. We have lots of those. uh, Yeah, interestingly enough. Yes. Interestingly enough, Mark's, the meaning of the name Mark means mighty warrior. And I know everybody would not hesitate to say Mark lived up to his name. Yeah. But that's not the name of our foundation. Our foundation is America's Mighty Warriors. Because we have a lot of men and women who um, have sacrificed greatly for the freedoms that we enjoy every day. And I know you have a very patriotic 
listening group, but I think a lot of people in America take for granted the freedoms that we have. And I visit Fort Rosecrans where Mark's buried often and it's beautiful. The ocean's on one side, Coronado Bay where the seals train is on the other side. And as I look down the rolling hills of that cemetery and I say row after row after row of headstones of those brave warriors who served and many of them gave their lives you know, in combat as my son did. Yeah. And I often say that is the price of freedom. Now you had mentioned uh, the the movie Amer- uh, American Sniper. Did yes. you did you have anything to do with that movie? Were you a part of that? Um, I did. I, I spent probably six or seven hours um, at different times on the phone with the script writer. And he came out when we dedicated on Coronado, the trade at building where all the training goes through for all the SEALs is named uh, Mark A. Lee Training Center after Mark. Um, he came to the dedication of that. He came down to Chris Kyle's funeral, you know, got to know a lot of the guys, but they threw Mark under the bus in the way they portrayed him. Not his personality, not his character, not his heroic actions, nothing about him other than they used his name. And I still believe it's a great movie. I mean, it's Chris's story. Sure. Yeah. And I think Bradley Cooper did outstanding job portraying Chris. It is still Hollywood. I We also sell American Sniper, you know, on our website. So I always tell people, read the book. That's the real story, not the Hollywood version. Mm-hmm. But I think they did a great job of giving the normal civilian a glimpse into the choices our troops have to make overseas. Yeah. Um, the, thing, the struggles they face, what their families endure back home, and then the reentry process when they get out and come back home, how difficult that is. So I still think it's a great movie, but... Um, Mark's teammates, Jocko Leif, were furious as well, the way they portrayed Mark. So they reached out to the History Channel, and they did a documentary on Mark called The Warfighter. Oh, okay. It's actually a series of eight different veterans, but Mark was the first one they did. And I tell people, watch that. That's that's the real Mark. You know, it's his teammates telling the story. They re- reenact some of the the combat scenes. You know, I'm part of that. Yeah. Um, well, say you know, that again. Share- what is that? Because I'm going to... It's called Warfighter, okay. and History Channel did it. They usually will re-air that on uh, Veterans Day, um, Memorial Day, I think. But because it's already aired, I'm pretty sure you can go to their website and watch it. Yeah, I'm sure we can f- Google it and find it and check it out. But, yeah, I want to check that out. But it is now, so bizarre as a mother to have your child's name on a headstone or see it on a granite wall. Or in movies or books. But when we have heroes who did what Mark did, their stories need to be told. People need to understand not just how they died, but how they lived, you know? And yeah. so it's it's pretty amazing. That's the best the way, way to honor them is to talk about how they lived their lives. Yeah. You said he, he has brothers and sisters. You have other children? I do. Um, He was the youngest. My oldest son, Christopher, served in the Marines. He was in Okinawa most of his time. Um, Actually met his wife over there. When he first was stationed there, I said, oh, Chris, don't don't fall in love over there. Because then you'll probably live over there. I'll never get to see you. I'll never get to see my grandkids. He married a beautiful gal from Okinawa. And um, they actually live about a mile from me. So he has uh, four boys and one girl. And uh, very yeah. Very active grandma in their life. Uh, they will be over here tonight for a sleepover, usually once a week, depending on my travel schedule. Um, <laughs> I try to have them for a sleepover. The two older boys um, had been to the retreat 
that we do for Gold Star families before. And this year they called and they said, Grandma, can we go volunteer? And so they were just in East Texas with me last week, did an outstanding job of uh, working the table, taking care yeah, of the family. Say, you got a lot of little helpers there. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And then my daughter lives up in Oregon. Uh, her husband was in the Army. He was in Iraq when we first went over. He just did one enlistment and then got out. And they have six children. So wow. I am a blessed you you are a blessed grandmother. <laughs> yes. And what the are the age age range? Two. Nineteen to two. Okay, I was getting ready yeah. to ask that. So you you probably soon will be a great grandmother. I could be, yes. Um, and I've thought that through a little bit. Next few years. When when you know they were getting ready to have my first grandkids, they're like, "What do you want them to call you?" I'm like, "Grandma, I'm proud of being a grandma. I have no issues with that." Uh, but. Great grandma, mm, I'm thinking I'll have them call me Gigi. <laughs> Gigi or Gammy or something, yeah. <laughs> Not great grandma, because that sounds really old. And you know, I'll admit I'm getting older, but I refuse to get old. That's a frame of mind, and you don't have to go there. That is right. So, it's all all up here. It's all mental. Very much. Well, this has been a pleasure to have you on, Debbie. Um, very positive. I mean, your whole your whole outlook, your whole attitude. It's perfect for our show, you know. We're all about keeping things positive, um, supporting our, our law enforcement, military, first responders, uh, all those. So you guys make sure you go and show Debbie some love, show the organization some love. It's AmericasMightyWarriors.org. Go to their Facebook, Instagram, let them know, let Debbie know that you're a leadhead, that you heard her here on the Talking Lead podcast. And uh, get registered for that 50. Do it. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. It will be personalized. It will be a one-of-a-kind. You know, we'll have part of Mark's words from his last letter home on it, his patch that his teammates made and wore the rest of the deployment. So it's going to be an hey, it's, amazing, it's, epic It's weapon. even got my DNA on it. I, I touched it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I pulled the trigger on that thing, too. So <laughs> if for nothing else, lead hits for that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, it is a it is a beautiful rifle. Um, it's gonna be it's going to a worthwhile cause. Again, they go to your website to to register for that. You would go to um, guy give them the information where they would go. We don't have it on our website yet. SWTEL or SWTEL dot com forward slash AMW. Sign up. We'll send you out information on the on the on the firearm along with um, links to Debbie's monthly donation site and information. If you want to flip your phone server server so we can donate to Debbie, our goal is to raise a half a million dollars a year to take care of those 30, those first 34 veterans to buy those hyperbaric chambers that she needs to, to run the veterans through and just financially support Debbie in her growth and her, in her servicing of the, of the veterans. So sign up. Very cool. Now, now, Debbie, I can't let you go without hitting you with this this other segment that we do. It's called They're real easy. So the first right. the first one is, of course, this is a, a firearms related show. What is your earliest recollection of shooting a gun, shooting a firearm? Oh, my earliest recollection probably was in high school with some of the guys, you know, that hung around with, just going out shooting with them. 
my um, I left home at an early age at 16 and I lived with an aunt and an uncle and we did some skeet shooting with them. Okay. And he had an amazing collection of old firearms. He had um, quite a few of those, but um, probably has been the last 10 years where I've gotten more involved in, you know, trying to shoot regularly. I have an AR-15. I have, I don't know, probably six or seven firearms yeah, that I've go. got. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, and and I'm, I'm a really good shot with a pistol. I'm found now out. Now you're bragging. <laughs> yeah, now I'm bragging. But I'm right hand, left eye dominant. Oh, so you're I all crossed up. with the long, <laughs> long rifles or and so when I shoot my AR, I've had to learn to shoot it left-handed. And that's just not natural. And I haven't done it often enough that I still have to really think that through, you know, when I pick it up. Because it's naturally pick it up, you know, with my right hand. But well, we need to get you yeah. into some uh, some courses. It'll come natural to you. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. So um, you say you do some, you're real good with a handgun. What's your preferred handgun? I've got a small Glock that I like that doesn't have the big handle on it. Probably my go-to is my 380. Okay, a Glock. Is it a Glock also? Uh, I don't think the 380, 380 is a... Uh... Just say it's a Glock. <laughs> it's a Glock. <laughs> yeah, it's a Glock, sure. <laughs> uh, I then... have um, one of my favorite ones. Actually, it's going to be... It's not mine. It's going to be an auction item at our event June 22nd. Uh -oh. It's the Bond Arms uh, Texan yeah. double barrel. And it has uh, Mark's name engraved on one side, the date of his death, and then the other side um, has some of the words from his last letter home. It's got the wood handle, a beautiful yeah, little. Yeah, he does. Pistol, it'll pack some damage too. He does so. excellent work. I love his his little derringers that he does. Yes, it's good. He's been on the show before. Yeah, Gordon's uh, awesome. Next question. Um, I mean, we've gone through this. It's do you have any military law enforcement background? We know your background with that. So uh, we'll go to the next question. When it comes to pop culture, whether it's a movie, a TV show, a book, maybe music, what is your go-to? What do you, what's your favorite? What do you like? What's like your zone? So uh, TV shows, I've always been one of those weird women that likes the the military, so NCIS, <laughs> obviously SEAL Team. Yeah, you know. uh -huh. um, they got the drama really good on there. On I'm SEAL sure Team, yeah. I haven't the seen that one drama? yet. I've seen the. Okay. Was it called Six? Have you seen that one? I think I saw one of the segments in Six. There's the one SEAL called Six on Wednesday nights, and um, yeah, that that's a pretty good show. I need to check that one out. I've not seen that one yet. Yeah. So you don't, good. are you getting in, do you like do any binge watching? Do you like do Game of Thrones or? No, never seen one Game of Thrones. If I binge like watch, it's going to be NCIS or Blue Bloods. And that's the other one I like, so. So you like Tom Selleck? Digging on I Magnum PI? I actually <laughs> had dinner, dinner with, with Tom Selleck. <laughs> nice. So my, when do I came tell, back from Do my tell, wife, girl. <laughs> there's the actually it wasn't just me there were eight oh, of us I'm at the sure. table, yeah. but um the it was when andrew breitbart was still alive and he was he was a good friend of mine and i had just returned from my first trip to iraq and they, there's a, a group of conservative yes there's conservatives in hollywood they're they had slowly making themselves known yeah but we're, they're still underground we're providing underground safe spaces for them Keanu. yes we are 
But so this was the big uh, gala for that that group, and uh, Tom Selleck was at the table. Nice. Where Andrew Breitbart and Andy Levy and Greg Gutfeld, and, yeah. yeah so. You had a good table there. Yeah, we did have a good table. Very cool. Good table. So. What about movies? What's like your all-time favorite movie? You just sit down and watch over and over and over and over again. I don't watch a lot of movies just because I'm, you know, uh-huh. crazy busy. But and usually if I watch a movie, my grandkids are with me. So <laughs> you know, I love Moana. Now Moana is me. That girl. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but I don't know a little what that bit is. Oh, it's good. It's a kids' movie, obviously, but. Um, yeah, she's a little bit of a rebel, and she runs away from home to save the world, and learns a few lessons, and does end up coming back, you know, saving her village. But okay, um, is that a Disney movie? Is it like one of those cartoony movies? One of those, yes, it is. It's okay. animated. I got you. Um, Rock, the Rock is the one that is the the guy in the movie that narrates the voice there. So okay. So uh, next question is. What is your next gotta have, wanna have? You've been eyeing it. You're gonna make it yours. Ooh, gotta have, wanna have. And it could just be frivolous too. There's, these aren't deep thought questions. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a very practical person. Yeah. I think one of my gotta haves I got, and guy got to actually see it. It's um was one of our, and I'm going to walk over so you guys can see it. It was one of our auction items at Mark's Birthday Bash at Scottsdale Gun Club. Oh, nice. And it, this water feature. Oh, that is beautiful. Was Mark on there. That is awesome. Isn't that cool? That is. And at the event, I'm like, oh, I got to have that. <laughs> can- and, of course, I was in the back of the room, so nobody knew. <laughs> and then the auctioneer dog on it i guess maybe it was good for me but it could have been better for the foundation said well debbie's bidding on that and the other people were like oh we're done everybody backed it off <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh next question laws be damned uh money be damned what would you own an airplane sweet like a like a like big boeing 747 like or, no, probably just a you know Learjet, King Air. Little, my background is aerospace science, and I used to fly, but I fell and injured my back, and I couldn't pass my first class medical. So I've piloted a plane since '86. So no doubt it would be an airplane. Awesome. That's what I got my degree in. Aerospace. Oh really? Yeah. Oh nice. So um, next question is: If you could spend the day at the range, and this could be if you just spend the day with anyone. Um, still alive, fictional, dead, whoever it may be, who would you like to spend the day at the range with? Mark. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you could have a group of people, who would you add with that group? Task unit bruiser. The whole unit. <laughs> the whole unit. Chris, Kyle, Mark, Jocko, Leif, Ryan, Mikey, JP, the, the whole group of the boys there. That would be a wild day at the range right there. Yes, it would. It would be awesome. I'll tell you what, though. Mark tried to explain to me the brotherhood thing, you know, before he died. And I remember having phone calls and, you know, it's like, oh, I, I get it. You're close to these guys. You've trained hard with them. You know, you've 
gone into combat. I, I get that. But as close as your own brother you grew up with for 28 years? He said, yeah, mom, that close. And I'm like, well, let me remind you, I didn't birth him, so they really can't be your brother. <laughs> and then, you know, the week You're taking died, it personal. <laughs> exactly. Um, the week that Mark died, we had five of them in our home, and the light bulb went on. I went, oh, my gosh. They love Mark just as much as we do. And they're hurting just as much as we are. And, um, you know, that's when, for me, the reality came in that those really are my boys, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm Chris, Chris, Kyle, and I were super close, super close. And I was a double whammy losing him. But um, yeah. there's something really special about that bond and that connection. And, you know, it's it's a two, two-way street. You know, Jocko talked about that who is our keynote speaker at Mark's birthday bash this year. And so guy got to hear him speak about that. But, you know, once they knew that I'd been notified, you know, they began to call me and they'll tell you, you know, they were calling to encourage me and give me support. And, you know, I was concerned for them. I was struggling in a non-combat zone to think, to deal with things, to process things. Um, None of the decisions I was going to make were going to be life threatening, but, they were still going out in combat and they needed to be able to be safe and process. And so I was very concerned for them and, um, you know, shared my support for them when I called. So it's been a two way, you know, street of building relationships there, but they call me Mama Lee. Their kids call me, you know, Mama Lee. And so you've got that, that many more sons now. <laughs> I, I do. I do. Yeah. My and grandchildren. Eventually. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Debbie, thank you so much for taking the time to be on America's Mighty Warriors.org. Leadheads, check them out. Go to all the social medias. Guy, again, give give your uh, contact info. Guy Connor at uh, it's guy at SWTEL.com. That's S W T E L. And sign up for the auction at uh, SWTEL.com forward slash AMW. There you go. And Fordham Tactical also. Give that. That's Guy you know at Fordham Tactical, which is F-O-R-T-E-M tactical.com. And what were you going to say, Debbie? Lefty, one of the other things that we've got, too, that would be a really easy way for your listeners to support us. Uh, we have a campaign that's called 19 in 2019. If we can find 2,019 people that will commit to giving $19 a month on a recurring basis, that's more than half of our budget. And that's a really simple thing anymore. That's, you know, three cups of coffee for the month at Starbucks. They've gotten ridiculous. So but. if you go to Starbucks, that's one cup of coffee. <laughs> I don't know what that could be. But that's just a real simple way, you know, to let our veterans and other families of the fallen know that you support them and you're behind them. Well, it's amazing work that you're doing, and we greatly appreciate it. And uh, Leadheads, show your support. All right, Leadheads, that does it for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Make sure you go and support those that support this show, Right On Optics. Check them out at ritonoptics.com. Modern Spartan Systems for all your lubricating and gun cleaning needs. Modern Spartan Systems got everything that you need there, and they've got the TVT engine oil additive to take care of all those engines in your family as well. Keep them running longer and smoother. ModernSpartanSystems.com. Keltec Weapons, 
making makers of the most innovative firearms in our industry and very cool bullpups as well. They've got the RDB, RFB, KSG, KS7, uh, full line of rifles, pistols at KelTechWeapons.com. X-Steel Targets, the best, most affordable AR-500 steel targets on the market today are, Guy? X-Steel Targets. X-Steel Targets. Yes, sir. You know, uh, sponsors of the Charlie Melton uh, World Record Long Shot. Uh, we've got three nice big targets set up. Uh, they were originally one MOA, but the distance that he's going to go to on this next shot, they're not really one MOA anymore. <laughs> uh, but he's still going to hit three them. Three feet MOA. I know. He's still going to hit them, definitely. He's going to tag oh, yeah. those targets. XSteelTargets.com. And then, of course, make sure you guys are participating in all our 300 celebration giveaways, the ASP giveaway. Make sure you're going and doing your selfies, doing the proper tags. Listen to our previous episodes on what you need to do to take part to win uh, three of the dual fuel lights from ASP Lights. Uh, Keltec has given away a CP3322 long pistol. We've got a silencer that our good buddy Dewey, uh, Nick Dewey at Dewey Defense is giving away, uh, and tons of more things. So make sure you go listen to our prior episodes to find out what you need to do to take part and win some awesome prizes for possible. Again, Debbie, Guy, thank you guys so much for taking the time. Excellent show. And uh, we can't we can't uh, not do this show and not remember uh, that this is on the heels of the 75th anniversary of World War II. Uh, so make sure you go out, and if you know someone, or if you know someone who knows someone uh, that knows a veteran of World War II, go out and uh, just spend some time with them. I mean, that means the world to them. Just, just go out and say, hey. I mean, that'll mean more than, than you can imagine. So as always, they do. Uh, we had one, uh, Al Mamprey, we had him on at SHOT Show. Just recently passed. Passed away. Yeah. yeah. Very, very sad to hear that. Great guy. Uh, we've got a couple of others that uh, we have lined up. Hopefully, we can get them scheduled, get them on the show. Here's, here's some more amazing stories. Uh, but until then, as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer. And don't forget to support AmericasMightyWarriors.org. Pass on the kindness, the love, the precious gift to human life. Hey, this is Guy Connor with Southwest Telephone Company, Fordham Tactical. Just wishing Talking Lead and all the lead headers out there 300 more episodes. <laughs> That's seven more years. Let's go. So, well, hopefully I'll cut that in, in half and start doing more episodes. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah.